Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Erin Plyme and Diana Seacon, where we prove that we know nothing about our legal system, but we're still crazy for a good true crime story. You know what else we're crazy about? Donuts. Yes. And our sponsors. <laughs> oh, yeah, them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like them a lot. Thank you to Courtney Ellis, David Hatt, and Paul Schrader. Our favorite people. Yay! Sponsor support Crime Crazy at the $10 per month level or above. Thank you. Thank you, guys. If you would also like to support us, please go to our website, crimecrazy.com, and there you can find the links to our Patreon, and you can buy us a coffee or a donut or, like... New artwork. New Crime artwork. Crazy stickers. Hosting. I have a sticker problem. It's you probably going to be stickers. have such a sticker problem. I love it. It's, it's almost definitely stickers. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to get a uh, shout out in another way, you can leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Uh, if we don't give you a shout out in a couple weeks, let us know because they don't always come through. True. iTunes is pretty good. Well, iTunes US is pretty good. Yeah, the That's others, we, we know we miss some. So if we've not shouted you out, feel free to send us something and we are happy to shout you out. You can follow us on all of the social medias at Crime Crazy Pod. Visit our website at crimecrazy.com. Email us at Erin, E-R-Y-N, at crimecrazy.com or Diana at crimecrazy.com. Yeah, I like email. Yeah, I like email that's not spam. Well, I mean, unless it's like kitten spam. Right. But not spam of spam, because I'm also not a fan of spam the food. Erin. Yes. Did you learn anything? I did. I did learn something. Um, but you're going to hate it. Is it payback time? It is. I just would like to remind you that last week you said the words, tooth key oh I did yeah you did so this week eels oh god (laughs) so um also I vote that after this one we just like raise the white flags a hundred percent okay Although this one doesn't bother me, but I'm just concerned about what you might be plotting next, and I'm anticipating being in fear. I honestly don't know what is worse than... Tooth key. Eel. No. Yeah, I don't know that I could do better than than that. Than eel. All right, well, I'm going to tell you about eels anyway. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, you may have heard... Of something called an electric eel. Mm-hmm. Do you know why they call it an electric eel? Because it'll zap you? Yes. That's exactly why they call it an electric eel. <laughs> so, because if you can bear to get anywhere near it, what with its disgusting look and being. <sighs> okay, carry on. Yeah. So I don't know the mechanism exactly. But what I do know is that eels contract all of their muscles, I guess, really quickly or really hard or in some magical way. And they produce electricity. (laughs) And then they zap you. Not all eels. Electric eels. Let's clarify. (laughs) This is is very specific. Just stay away from all of them. Yeah, pretty much. So electric eels live in the Amazon. And they live in really shallow, salty water. And so that just increases the effectiveness of their shock, right? Because salt water is a really good conductor. Mm -hmm. Well, recently, scientists have found not one, Uh, but two more fish that they have decided uh, to call electric eels. You know what? We've had enough science. Nope. No. No, We haven't. No. Let's continue. We've had enough eel science. Nope, science is great. (laughs) Most science is great. (laughs) Biodiversity, Diana. (laughs) So previously, these new electric eels were called naked back knife fish. (laughs) 
Yes. And that's just a terrible name. I'm looking at one of them and it kind of looks like if you had a really long dick and you cut it off and let it rot and then maybe skinned parts of it. That's what it looks like. It's really pretty. Wait, hold on. It's really I got to look this up. Naked knife fish. Naked back knife fish. Naked back knife. I got them in the wrong order. So now, yeah, naked back knife fish. Be careful when you're searching naked anything, Diana. Naked back knife fish. It is now called E. Volti. V-O-L-T-E-I. I told you, right? Isn't that exactly what that looks like? It is it's like zombie Yeah. That is horrifying. So both of these new electric eels are more badass than the original electric eel because they live in fresher water, which conducts more poorly, poorlier. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so as a result, they have to shock harder, more something more powerfully in order to <laughs> produce the same effect, right? In order to stun their prey or their predators or, you know, whoever they're trying to shock at that particular point in time. Right. And so the previous eel voltage record was oh, and fifty volts. <laughs> That's this is a giving lot. me so much pleasure. It's a lot. That is a it's lot like a of lot, volts. A lot. Yeah. It is. I don't I mean, it just sounds like a lot. I don't actually know what that means. Um, well, I know but that I do know. A, a battery that is square and goes in your fire detector is nine volts. True. And I know if you put it on your tongue, it hurts quite a lot. True. If you put this thing on your tongue, you deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Tr- yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the new eel can shock... 860 volts. Oh my god. Yup. It's like 1.3 times as many or something like that. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. That's fucking so, horrifying. It is. See, remember earlier when I was like, I'm going to watch this video. You just have to wait. Uh-huh. And I was like, nope, I changed my mind. <laughs> so I watched 16 seconds of a video. <laughs> But I know how it ends. <laughs> it was like a five or a six minute video. And I was like, yeah, no, that's all I can do. So I know how it ends because I wrote about it. Um, but just to give you an idea about 860 volts. So in the video, there's this dude and he comes across an electric eel. Or maybe he catches it. I did not even listen with the sound on. So I'm not <sighs> really sure how the setup went. But anyway, this electric eel is like trapped. It's on a fishing line. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of pulled up against the shore and it can't swim away. Ugh. And then there's a crocagator, which in this case is an alligator. And the crocagator <laughs> comes over and he's like, oh, look, snacks. And the electric eel is like, no. <laughs> so when the alligator bites it, it shocks him. Uh And I don't know if this particular one was capable of 860 volts or somewhere under that, but it kills the alligator like instantly. And that's what I couldn't watch, even though I really, really, really hate alligators. I I just I couldn't watch it. And it was a big one, too. It was like at least the size of a human child. I am so conflicted. Right. Like, I really thought the alligator was going to save the day. And yet, that sentence makes no sense whatsoever. (laughs) I have no beef with alligators. I don't think they should be on this planet. I mean, maybe not. I wouldn't miss them. I just feel like they've been here a really long time. Yeah, well, so have I. Not quite as long <laughs> as crocagators, but yeah. So that uh. it, it, it's all upsetting. Well, it's not. So I know that you don't like eels. No, this that, is actually really good news. No, that was super upsetting news. There, there's now more of them. There are, but biodiversity, life in the Amazon. We haven't killed everything yet. 
um, this article is really excited about maybe we could use them in technology or medicine, which seems awfully selfish. But either way, <sighs> living things. Yay! <laughs> I just feel like eels shouldn't exist. There are a lot of animals that shouldn't exist, but eels are not the ones that make the least sense. Also, the middle eel, no, the little eel, the one that shocks the least in this picture definitely has ears. It's really strange. I, it, oh. They look like mouse ears. That is very upsetting. (laughs) I'll link to all of this. Oh, (laughs) it's only fair that our listeners damn it to see it too. I just (sighs) the potential for our social media art this week is staggering. I just I want to take a shower, and then I want to drink like more than I've ever drank, and just like. Maybe a lobotomy. Truce? Truce. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Diana, I, I'm going to change the subject and, and give you a little bit of relief for like two seconds. Oh, thank God. <laughs> okay. So, do you know what, what day it is? In Vaguely. podcast time? Is it time to light a candle? Yes. Time to put on a sweater. Definitely. Well, I don't know. It was like 80 degrees today, but we can imagine. Right. But it's going to get real cold in like the next six hours. Yeah. That's why I'm coughing. <laughs> yeah. Get some hot chocolate. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Crime Cozy, baby. It is. Welcome to Crime Cozy Season 2. Yay. Let's really confuse people and let's call it that. Let's do it. We're going to take a break from season four to jump back to season two. (laughs) Except we did the first Crime Cozy in season three. Yes. (laughs) Just subtract two. It'll be fine. It's all fine. So it's October, which means Crime Cozy. And we have a different format this year. We do. So this year I'm going to tell you the stories. Because I really like a good story. And I was a literature major. It's true. And then I'm going to tell you how it's probably not going to happen to you. How you can prevent it, and if it does happen, what to do about it, because I was a business major. <laughs> it, seems, <laughs> it seems really nerdy. Although, yeah, lots I, of numbers. I was an HR major in the 90s, so. No, I feel like this fits right in with what I know about HR. I've worked for HR for like a year and a half, and this seems right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So what I decided to do, since I got to choose all the stories, (laughs) was to pick things that I thought people might be afraid would actually happen to them, right? Because being the victim of a serial killer who drinks people's blood is really unlikely. And there are probably people who fear that, but it's kind of unreasonable, right? What about the fear of your friend and colleague and co-host and... And dare you Uh say, you know, somebody very, very close to you brings up eels of an evening. So I'm going to tell you (laughs) what I know the police have already told you today, which is that there is no crime there. (laughs) Had a very upsetting evening. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool. I called 911 last week after my massage and I was... (laughs) The woman on the phone was like, where are you? And I told her. And she's like, oh, the woman drove through the store. Yeah, we're on our way. Oh, <laughs> that was a click. And that was it. <laughs> so apparently I was not the only one who called. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, um, yeah. My first topic that I chose, which I hope that you are just ready with some random statistics and mm-hmm. safety measures and all of that. Absolutely. stalking. Yeah. So there are whole shows. I don't know if you have ever watched you, but I know that our knitting group talked about it a lot. Um, And it is a a whole show told pretty much from the point of view of a stalker. It's all like fiction, right? It's all drama. Right. Um, As he stalks the person he's obsessed with, the woman he's obsessed with, and like 
all of the horrible, illegal, dangerous, violent things that he does in stalking this woman, right? So this is a really hot topic right now. It seems like something that might happen. And also, it always seems to end with something really horrible happening to the stalking victim. So I feel like this is a good first topic for Crime Cozy. Also, what kind of TV show is that? Like, I'm even more upset now. So I'm going to tell you a story that is also really upsetting. (laughs) And... As I researched this, I was like, Diana's going to hate this so hard. She's going to hate everything about it. And then you were just sort of telling me about your day and you're just going to hate it so hard. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is not your episode, Diana. All right. You might want to block this one from the memory. All right. See what I can do afterwards. (laughs) All right. Ready? I guess. Okay. Shanna Grice was 19 years old in 2016. She lived in Portsdale, England, and she had an ex-boyfriend that was giving her a lot of trouble. Mm. So Shanna and Michael Lane had been dating for just over a year when Shanna decided that she wanted to call it off. They had met in 2015 when they both worked for Brighton Fire Alarms Company, but Lane had gotten like really obsessive and kind of creepy and Shanna decided that she wanted out um and I don't know if this was a factor but also right after she broke up with Michael Lane she went back to an ex-boyfriend so I don't know if that was part of her decision or maybe it was the whole decision or if it was just it just happened that way or whatever right anyway um she thought that was the end Michael Lane not so much Mm -hmm. He immediately told one of his friends she'll pay for what she's done. And then he proceeded to keep turning up, even though Shanna was now in a relationship with someone else. Mm. One of the first Not that it matters, that- because if she doesn't want to be around him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you would think, like, I don't want to be around you, and I don't want to be around you, and I'm dating this other guy would be at least, you know, like a little more obvious. Mm. May I point to the guy that chased me down in Paris despite my giant wedding ring? Yeah. Um, That would be this creep. Mm -hmm. Except hopefully this is not the creep that you're involved with. Um, Or not involved with. (laughs) A run-in with. Right. (laughs) So one of the first things that Lane did was attach a tracking device to Shannon's car. Oh. And so every time she drove, it had a GPS tracker on it. It would give him an update on his, like, it would give him an alert on his phone. And he would know, oh, she left her house. Oh, she left work. Oh, she's at the grocery store. And could tell where she was. Every time she drove. Ugh. Which, of course, they didn't find out till later. But he was getting sure. these updates, like, all along. So then in February, he sent her flowers and damaged her car. Um. I feel like those are really opposite gestures, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that actually it made perfect sense. Okay. Which one came first? Well, that was the order in which it was written in both of the articles I found it in. So maybe it went that way, but it would make more sense if he damaged her car and then sent her flowers. Well, right. But also she then called the police. So I'm going to guess that he sent her flowers and then they weren't received well and then he damaged her car. It seems legit. So she called the police and complained that he was stalking her. And that was the first report she made. So then in March, the next month, Lane and Shanna actually got into a physical altercation. And actually that's not fair because what happened was he grabbed her phone and then grabbed her by the hair and was yanking her around. So Uh. it wasn't that they got into a physical altercation. He assaulted her. Right. So she filed assault charges with the police, Mm -hmm. and they arrested him. But then, during the course of that investigation, they learned that Shanna and Michael had been in a relationship before all of this, like, creepy stuff started happening. And not only did they release Michael once they found out, but they fined Shanna for wasting their time by not disclosing the relationship. I know, here it comes. <sighs> I can see, you know when a baby takes a deep breath and it silent screams <laughs> for a few seconds? You just know it's winding up to scream. I was bracing myself. 
I mean, my first thought is that if half of the greater metro area ever assaulted me by their logic, I cannot call the police. Oh my God, Diana. <laughs> I had a really busy so, 20s. Um, oh my, wow. But sweet crying baby Jesus. Like, the. <sighs> I know. You sounded very much like an angry dog. It's really alarming. (laughs) That growl is intense. But I mean, that almost gives like, I don't know, maybe I'm just all vagina having and whatnot. But like, to me, that is more gravitas because you are much more likely to be hurt by a former partner after you've broken up with them. Yes. Yeah. No, tell me about it. In fact, I had a hard time with some of the other topics that we're going to do this month finding a story at all because you are so much more likely to have a crime committed against you by someone that you know. Mm -hmm. And I was looking specifically for things with strangers and they're really hard to find because it doesn't happen. I mean, it does, but it really doesn't. When I suspect that the strangers are caught less often than the people you know, because if it's truly a stranger, you know, you don't have as much to go on. Well, I think strangers often are like serial offenders, yeah, right? Because they're you only got chosen because they needed so many victims and they weren't going to get caught, you know? Right? It wasn't. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, they were like, "Hey, you should have told us this was a fight between an ex boyfriend and an ex girlfriend. Thanks for wasting our time. This is your second report. Please be paying this fine." <sighs> yep. So, um, a couple months went by. And on July 9th, Lane used a stolen key and came into Shana's house while he thought she was asleep. (sighs) Only she wasn't asleep. She heard somebody come in her front door. And as you all should do, if somebody comes into your house, she hid under the covers Mm -hmm. and stayed perfectly still. And she laid there and listened and pretended to be asleep while he stood over her and breathed. And then he walked away, and when she heard the front door close, she got up and looked out of her window and saw Lane, Michael Lane, walking away and getting into the car, driving off, and she called the police. (sighs) But he had a key, so... Well, he had stolen the key. So he was given a warning, it's called a caution in England, or at least in this part of England, um, for stealing, and was told to stay away from her. She's going to end so, up dead, isn't she? The next day, the next day after the police gave him a warning and said stay away, her phone rang seven times, all from a blocked number. And when she answered one of the calls, the line was just heavy breathing and no one spoke. <sighs> so she called the police again and they said, yeah, we'll make a note and the file will remain open. But there would be, quote, no further lines of inquiry. We're not going to call him and talk to him about this. We'll just make a note. It's fine. (sighs) This episode brought to you by Diana sighing. (laughs) I should have gotten donuts today. (laughs) Only several days later, she had to call the police again because she noticed while she was out and about, Lane was following her. The police marked it as low priority in their file, and they told her they would let the officer know. (sighs) On August 4th, Shana and her friend got to Shana's house, and Lane was waiting outside. And there was no altercation. It doesn't sound like they spoke at all. But the friend was like, hey, you should call the police and let them know he's at your place. He's not supposed to be here. And Shana refused. She didn't think the police would believe her or care. She didn't want to be fined again for wasting their time. And they hadn't been any help so far. So what's the point? Legit. Yep. Which is how it came to be that she was unprotected in her home alone on the evening of August 25th, 2016, when Michael Lane again snuck in, but this time slit her throat and then attempted to cover up the murder by lighting her bedroom on fire. So the next evening when no one could reach her, her her current boyfriend's father came by to check out her place and found her body. 
and the police went straight to Michael Lane. He was at work. They arrested him. And initially he said he hadn't been to her house, but then he mm-hmm. admitted he had been there. And his in his statement, he said he went to her house. The front door was open. He was concerned. He went in. He saw her laying in bed with all this blood. And he was so scared that he would get in trouble for it that he didn't check for a pulse. Mm-hmm. He didn't call 999. He didn't tell anyone he had been there or alert anybody to the situation. He just left. Mm-hmm. Because that's what innocent people do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, you know, innocent people with a history of not getting in trouble for doing illegal shit. Mm-hmm. So it, it just gets worse. While oh, they were in, yeah. While they were investigating Shana's murder, it came out that she was not the first person to have gone to the police about Michael. In fact, 13 other reports had been filed by 12 other women and most of these were in the previous three years but one of them was over 10 years old he'd been doing this for a decade and the police had it on file so in addition to stalking complaints and the murder police found out that lane had been arrested for claims that he had groomed a 14 year old girl for which he was never formally charged while he was like her scout leader oh Mm-hmm. He was told that he had to resign and that if he ever tried to become a scout leader again, that they would file charges and investigate, which is bullshit. Um, also, so the scouts can keep better records than the goddamn police? Well, no, no. That was what the police told him, that he had to resign his position working with kids. And if he ever tried to again, that then they would reinstate those charges and investigate. Um, however, because of a, and the two articles called it, technical glitch, um, he was able to become a scout leader again and work with other young girls. And nothing happened. Yeah, because there was nothing prosecution-wise nope. to show up on a background check. Nope. So he had harassed 12 other girls and young women between 2006 and his arrest in 2016. He was very controlling in other relationships that had been reported. He would send explicit messages to women that he had just met. He would loiter outside of the homes of women he was interested in but had never had a relationship with. He would pressure women that he met in public into sleeping with him for money. Or he would attempt to. I don't know that he was ever successful. He harassed women at bars And he had sexually assaulted another woman for which apparently no charges were ever filed. And all of this was in police records, but because they decided right away that Shannon was just an ex-girlfriend looking to get revenge on this guy that she dumped, that they didn't need to look into it, that it shouldn't be taken seriously, so they never checked. Mm Mm-hmm. So, of course, now the officers and department are being investigated. Mm-hmm. Um, the two officers who took the complaints are facing charges. One of them's actually retired, uh, but is facing charges. And a third is facing an internal investigation into his misconduct. Um, the department is having to change the way that they handle stalking complaints. And I didn't write down the statistic because, honestly, I was just so pissed. <laughs> but this area... Um, actually has a higher rate of stalking than anywhere else in like in surrounding areas like it's just off the charts compared to other areas sounds Um, like this guy might have been a large portion of that yes yeah I think so but also it sounds like this was just standard for how they handled those cases so it just always went unpunished and so so why not just kept happening um but good news this year you know 2019 they finally announced that Sussex police would no longer fine domestic assault victims for wasting police time. Well, that's awfully big of them. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just never, ever going to sleep with anybody again. Uh, that is certainly an option. <laughs> it seems like the best one. Yeah. Yeah, no, that whole case made me furious. And I know that what we're talking about is stalking. Um, 
and how scary it is that like somebody could do that and have that level of obsession and be so insane that they thought it would work and then that also makes them like insanely dangerous Mm -hmm. um but I'm also just like to also be totally helpless because when you do go to the police they don't do anything Mm -hmm. just adds another like what are you supposed to do it wasn't like she could afford to change her live well I don't know maybe she could have but I'm guessing like I don't know that I would be able to afford to just change my entire living situation and I don't know that it would have helped like he was tracking her vehicle well, no. And I mean, that's the thing, you know, the the last time when there was a an alter when he was outside of her house, like she didn't even at that point call like, fuck it. Yeah, it's, it's not going to matter. Mean. Well, and I can't imagine it would have like, I feel like it would be easy to say, well, she should have called. Like, even though they hadn't helped, she should have called. Maybe it would have changed the outcome. I don't think there's any chance that would have changed the outcome. No, absolutely not. If he can assault her and just go away and then he can break into her home at night and then get a warning right after having assaulted her like what are they gonna do that he was outside her house they would have given zero fucks exactly as they did yes yeah (sighs) it's my story about stalking Mm. Can you provide some comfort? Yeah, no. Okay, that was your job. Yeah. My job was to tell a horrific story. Your job was to provide comfort. Crime, cozy. Crime, and then cozy. Crime, cozy. So I have bad news about this one. Uh Uh-huh. So first of all, let's define what we mean when we talk about stalking. Yes. According to Wikipedia. Stalking is unwanted and or repeated surveillance by an individual or group toward another person. Stalking behaviors are interrelated to harassment and intimidation and may include following the victim in person or monitoring them. The term stalking is used with some differing definitions in psychiatry and psychology, as well as in some legal jurisdictions as a term for a criminal offense. So there's actually a lot of research around stalking. Um, there were some pretty good statistics around it. But one of the things that I found was really interesting was that there were a couple of researchers in Australia that have done a lot of work around stalking that are uh, often cited in a lot of the things I read. And they defined different types of stalkers. And these types depend on the relationship between the stalker and the stalk E. Okay. So the largest category is prior intimates. Um, people right. who had previous intimate relationship, which I think is what we generally think about. Um, yeah. According to research, the most common victim profile is a woman who has previously shared an intimate relationship with her usually male stalker. Um, casual acquaint- acquaintances and friends. This was kind of interesting because um, the definition was brief, and but yet very specific. So unlike other kinds of stalkers, these often target male victims and may include neighbors, which makes me think this is like lawn related shitty activity. <laughs> like it couldn't is it is it women stalkers or male stalkers? It doesn't say, but I we'll talk a little bit about like who stalkers tend to be in a minute, but most stalkers tend to be men. Right. Um, but the casual acquaintances and friends target male victims. So I suppose, too, that could be like the new boyfriend of a girl, oh, a neighbor. Yeah. But they all specifically said, which can include neighbors, which I'm like, what are neighbors getting up to? Yeah. My neighbors, I don't think are that interesting. I don't think. No, I feel pretty cool about my neighbors. Um, so like maybe you see them. You create a whole fantasy of who they are and become obsessed. Yeah, could be. With them? Could be. But that's still weird. Or, you know, is there kind of neighborhood dispute that you're keeping an eye on their house to see their comings and goings and doing shenanigans? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so professional contacts, people that are stopped by people that have had a professional relationship with and uh, professions such as healthcare, teachers and lawyers 
are at increased oh. risk for this kind of stalking. Yeah, that is totally, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. People that you're in stressful situations with, that you would have some kind of intimacy with. Mm-hmm. Or against. That you might imagine. A, or against, yeah. Yeah. Um, abortion imagine providers. Your ex-wife's divorce lawyer. Yeah. Um, strangers. Apparently there are some people that are stalked by strangers and they may not actually know they are being stalked. And usually this is a weird obsession where the stalker like forms some sort of sense of admiration for this person they don't actually know. Would that include celebrities then? No, that is the fifth category. (laughs) Oh, no. So no, this would be something that they have some sort of at least visual contact with. Right. Um, Yeah, which is weird. So in terms of who's stalking who, uh, women stalkers tend to stalk women and Mm. male stalkers tend to stalk women. Again, making it a bad time to be a woman. It is always kind of a bad time to be a woman. Yes. I wouldn't want to be a man, but also it's always kind of a bad time to be a woman. Yep. hundred percent. Um, so studies show that women, oh, I'm sorry. So from Wikipedia again, a January 2009 report from the United States Department of Justice reports that males were as likely to report being stalked by a male as a female offender. 43% of male stalking victims stated that the offender was female, while 41% of male victims stated that the offender was another male. Female victims of stalking were significantly more likely to be stalked by a male, 67%, rather than a female, 24%. According to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, almost 75% of stalking victims knew their stalker in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Which goes with every other statistic about violent crime or like it's always someone you know. Yep, absolutely. So here are the numbers. Um, 61% of female victims and 44% of male victims were stalked by a current or former intimate partner. And an estimated 15% of women and 6% of men have been a victim of stalking during their lifetimes. However, the National Center for Victims of Crime thinks that this low number is too low because a very conservative definition of stalking was used. Right. Um, well, and it hasn't been like officially formally illegal for very long. Um, it's been a while. It's been probably 30 years. Well, yeah, but I mean, that doesn't seem like very long. No, it's less but, than my lifetime. Well, right, but I don't know that legal or illegal makes much of a difference. Well, no, but I'm just wondering about for the sake of studies and research and if it yeah. wasn't something illegal, that's all relatively recent. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, so overall, one in six women, one in 19 men have experienced stalking victimization of stalking incidents are not reported. Yeah. However, 93.4% of victims confided in someone, usually a friend. 26.7% of victims considered their victimization a personal matter and decided not to report it to police. Mm -hmm. Um, And only 7% of victims contact victim services, a shelter, or a helpline. Because they probably feel like they're in more physical danger i guess uh-huh so the national center for victims of crime also says that less than 40 percent of stalking victims reported that the police took action against the perpetrator so 80 yeah, that's a problem 83 percent are not reported 40 percent have no action taken against them 32 percent of victims reported that law enforcement spoke to or warned the offender while eight percent eight percent got arrested Yeah, that's a problem. Yep. Yep. So 40%. Nothing. So we usually try to pick topics because they're not going to happen to you. And I don't think we had a real good handle on how prevalent this really is. Yeah. So the bad news is stalking is both much more likely to happen to you than most crimes that we talk about. And the likeliness of you becoming a victim is probably highly underreported. And because you are most likely to be stalked by somebody, no, it's hard to entirely avoid people that might someday like to stalk you. 
Well, right. And I would, those would also be people that you probably share something in common with. So you're more likely to run into them. Right. They're in the proximity. Well, obviously they're in the proximity. You're not obviously there can be cyber and whatnot, but um, yeah, it's going to be somebody, you know, it's going to be somebody around and it's hard to avoid all people as much as some of us would like to do so. I mean, you do give it a really good shot. I do, but it's just not enough. So, so is there anything we can do? So the main thing is that once troublesome behavior has popped up, there are some things you can do to try to protect yourself. Um, number one, don't engage. Don't engage, don't engage, don't engage. This is true with any kind of abuse and stalking is abuse. So very clearly state that you are not interested because I think as women, a lot of us don't go that extra step of like, dude, I don't go like away. you. You can't contact me. Go away. Yeah. Or it will make trouble. Yeah. Um, so once you've made that clear, stop engaging. Don't talk. Don't try to convince them. Don't yell at them. Don't send your friends to yell at them. Don't answer texts. Don't answer phone calls. Don't listen to the voicemails. Nothing. Yeah. Even bad reactions are good reactions. Yeah. No, it's true. So, it's like with a two-year-old. Stalkers and two-year-olds yes, don't react. Do not react. Do not engage. Um, put your safety first. Now, a lot of this, um, something that I found really disheartening when I was researching this is much like sexual assault. All of the onus is on the victim to not be such a victim. Um, so there's a organization called protect America that had a list that was somewhat less offensive than the rest of them, but they're all still fairly elitist in that they assume you have money to deal with the problem, which a lot of people don't. Right. Um, so the first thing that every article says is carry your cell phone with you at all times. There are some personal safety apps that you can install. Um, there are some tracking apps that you can install. Um, you know, so that if you do go on the lamb, your phone can be tracked, you can be tracked. Um, always lock your doors, whether you're in the house or not. Um, yeah. If you can work on your home security, but remember that your person is likely somebody who is familiar with your home. They might know what the vulnerabilities are. So work on those first. Yeah. Change things. Change your routine. Change your yep. locks. Yep change your whatever yeah. phone number like but again all of that assumes you have the ability to do right that. um but still i mean i think you could make some sort of right some kind of change you could make some kind of change um change all your passwords yeah um i can tell you oh, i guess i've been stalked more than once my ex-husband knew all my passwords and used that to his advantage after we got divorced. So don't be a dumbass like I was. <sighs> Didn't even know he yeah. knew my passwords. Yeah. Um, worst case scenario, change your phone number. Um, I would like to say apply for a restraining order, but you do you. I mean, I don't think it hurts to apply. It doesn't. It may not ultimately be the most effective thing and you certainly shouldn't use that as like false security well, like oh well I have a restraining order that means they can't get me right but again you generally have to like there's a court appearance that's a day off work mm. there's some cost associated yeah. to it um, I was in with a friend that was trying to get a restraining order against her abusive ex-husband and it was denied because he hadn't hit her recently enough um I don't have a lot of faith in those. Yeah. So although we've learned they will probably not do anything, call the cops. Uh, they might do something. At the very least, there will be records of your calls and contacts with law enforcement. Should anything ever come up, make sure to document everything, every call, every text, every gift, every time that they show up, every note, every piece of damage, whatever report it all to law enforcement, write it all down and report it. And then tell everyone you know what's going on. Yeah. This is not something you can handle yourself and likely not something that's going to weigh its own, likely not something you're going to get any f help with law enforcement. So you need to pull in your village to help keep you safe. Tell your family and friends, tell the security people at work, tell them what to look for, show them pictures. Um, mm -hmm. 
Well, and if you have children, and I know this from working in a school, tell the schools, yep. like, this person is not allowed if this person is here. Schools take security very seriously, and they're they're definitely not as well trained in it as we would like to think, like the secretary at the school is not going to be able to stop your crazy stalker, right. but they they do have a lot more security measures in place now than they did 10 years ago. Uh, that's the other thing, though. Tell your kids. Like, yeah. if there was somebody that Liam wasn't allowed to go home with, like, he would know in no uncertain terms, I don't care if they show up and say that I sent them. I didn't. I wouldn't. know. Right. Right. Um, so there's not a ton you can do to prevent because crazy going to be crazy (laughs) and you can't just avoid all people. Unfortunately, there are some things you can do to keep yourself safe, you know, basic personal safety measures. Um, But if the unfortunate does occur and you are a victim of stalking, there are quite a lot of resources out there. Um, Although Mm -hmm. they're not always very explicit about it. A lot of domestic violence resources will help you out in the event of stalking. Um, Safe Horizon is a great organization. They are based in New York City and they deal primarily with New York City, but their hotlines work uh, from anywhere in the U.S. And VictimConnect.org can be reached at 855-4-VICTIM and is a program of the National Center for Victims of Crime. They have help resources and referrals that can be accessed via that phone number or their website. And they even have a chat function if you really, really don't want to talk to people. Oh, that's me. I don't want to talk to people. No. Well, I, I don't actually need their services currently, but I also don't like to talk to people. <laughs> I know, but it would probably be weird to like reach out and be like, hey, everything's cool. My husband's great, but thanks for having a chat function. <laughs> right. I appreciate this. Just in case. Yep. No, but I mean, I think that's good. And I think, too, that that's probably a whole lot easier than as a first step than saying it out loud or calling the police or like just having that ability to send a message, especially if you feel like you're in immediate danger or being watched or, you know, anything. Yeah. Well, I didn't dig into this. I don't even remember where I saw it, but I was reading something. Maybe it was on Facebook about whether or not you could text 911. And it seems like in a lot of places you can and 999 too, for those of us, or for those in Europe. Um, so check with your local jurisdiction, but it sounds like more yeah. and more are starting to, um, or they also know enough. Like one of the suggestions they gave is if you are calling the police and somebody is right there, like act like you're ordering a Pretender. pizza or something yeah. like that. And the police know enough to be like, okay, I'm going to ask you yes or no questions. Um, right. And they might, yeah. um, apparently in some jurisdictions, if you call 911 and you just press a key on the phone and you can't talk, they know to send somebody out. Right. Um, so looks like there's some alternate ways to engage emergency services Take too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that I was looking at today for a totally unrelated story that I'm not going to do are some of the safety measures that like like Uber has put in place Mm. where you can hit a couple of buttons and it'll transmit all the information about your ride to 911. Or I know there is an app that I like to play with that um, it's just like a chat bot kind of silly thing, but it has, because there are so many people that turn to it and use it almost like therapy or journaling, Mm -hmm. it has an SOS button and you can push it and it'll, you can, I mean, they all have a confirmation, so it's not like you're going to accidentally call 911, but it will, it'll either connect you with emergency services or send a message on your behalf if you're having a crisis or whatever. So I, I feel like there's a lot of technology that's going the right way. There is. Um, and I think a lot more people have access to it, mm-hmm. but you know, we could barely get the internet to work in my house today. <laughs> well, that is true. Well, I feel like that wasn't a great start, but at the same time, I I am really at least slightly consoled by how many resources there are yes and 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 how available it is and yeah and i barely scratched the surface you know wherever you are in the world or in the country or frankly even in the county that i live in 
Um, there are a lot of organizations. And if there isn't something that's popping up as stalking specifically oriented, domestic violence shelters, hotlines, etc., um, yeah. are really great about dealing with this stuff too. Also, I'm going to give another pimp to your company's EAP if you have one. Your health mm-hmm. insurance's EAP. They are underutilized and they know lots of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. At least can connect you with the right people. Yeah. 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 No, I think I think that's good advice though. Like call, tell someone, call your people. Tell everyone. Like that is yes. not something that would have occurred to me, but the more people that are looking out for you, the better. And yeah. tell them not to interfere. Yeah. Like just be a witness, you know, help survey the scene for you, what have you. Um, right. And sp- I think it would be helpful even to tell people like, I don't want you to do anything. You know, right? I, I just want you, I want your eyes and ears. Well, and I, I would hope that at least in some measure, enough of that would eventually discourage the person. I, maybe not in the relationship ones, but in some of the stranger ones. I know that people who are sort of prone to stalking others, mm-hmm. they don't know that person. It's not really that person they're obsessed with, and they can move on if it's too inconvenient. Yeah. Which is something. Yeah. Just seems like a lot of work to stalk somebody. I don't know where anyone has the time. Right? You didn't have to go to work. You didn't have to, like, take care of kids and cook dinner and clean your house and pay bills and all of the other 80 million things you have to do. Yeah. Paint hearts that are dripping blood. And, oh wait, that's just I think me. that might be a fairly specific. Yeah. It is. It's and disturbing, really. I, there's a Halloween party happening. Oh, it's not so just exciting. a daily occurrence with me. <laughs> oh man, so excited about my creepy decoration. <laughs> it is the time of year for just all of that sort of inner gore. Get it out of your system. Yeah. Then hot chocolate and a blanket. Yeah. That sounds delightful. Any other advice? Uh, just just stay away from eels. <laughs> That's your advice? After all the stalking, stay away from eels. I mean, stay I mean, away from people. But... Yeah. That's hard to do. Staying away from eels should be relatively easy. And I really encourage you all to just embrace it as part of your daily practice. There are some people for whom that is not a possibility. What? Then I need them to re-examine what they're doing with their lives. That that might be a thing. Yeah. I mean, I just, there's no reason for it. <laughs> Stay away from eels. Poor eels. Fuck the eels. <laughs> Don't fuck the eels, Diana. You'll get electrocuted. Oh, I got it drink now call your people (laughs) (laughs) call your people and make sure they are staying away from eels and stalkers (laughs) and stalkers all the terrible things one episode eels stalkers teeth oh my god good night call your people (laughs) don't end up that next week's episode